Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio, 103.1 FM, 910 or 980 AM, or anywhere on that Odyssey app. By anywhere, I mean anywhere. You can also get us uh, wherever you get your favorite podcast. Just search the Rob O'Donnell Show, download it, listen when you want to listen. It is 410 here in the station, 42 degrees with sun and clouds outside. The Rob O'Donnell Show is brought to you by Road Scholar Transport. You have unique shipping needs, and Road Scholar has unique shipping solutions. Dry van, temperature controlled, and high security are just a few. Visit roadscholar.com. Well, there are a few things I want to talk about in this segment, um, both to do with the Biden administration or Biden himself. And I want to give you the full picture because I'm seeing a little bit what's going on. And I don't like when Republicans hold back a little bit. You know, when you when you omit things that could be out there to begin with, because and I'll explain why. And they're talking about these this twenty thousand dollar and forty thousand dollar checks between Joe Biden and his brother. And they're saying, you know, Joe Biden received a two hundred thousand dollar check from his brother and it said on it loan repayment. The same day that he got money as part of a China deal, the brother. And that's what they're leaving out there. And they're saying, okay, well, you know, it's laundering money to Joe Biden through China or whatever it is. And they're leaving out the fact. And, and I understand why they're leaving it out because there's not solid evidence to show it. And they're doing the same thing with this $40,000 check, although there's not the precursor that I'm going to talk about now that maybe for the $40,000 check, which is why I think they're keying in on that more. But we've all seen a copy of that $200,000 check, and it says loan repayment from Joe's brother to Joe Biden. Now, months prior to that, I think it was three months prior, Joe Biden's brother received $200,000 from a blind trust managed by a lawyer in Delaware that happens to be a friend of Joe Biden's. Joe Biden has done business with them. He was a partner in that law firm back in the day, and this gentleman is still a partner there. And this blind trust gives Joe Biden's brother $200,000. Three months later, and this is the check we're all seeing from the uh, RNC and the committees that are, are looking into this, Joe Biden's brother writes Joe Biden a check for $200,000, and it says loan repayment. So the Republicans are saying that there's no definitive evidence to show that that blind trust was from Joe Biden loaning his brother money. I mean, if you loaned your brother money, wouldn't you just loan him money? Why would you go through a blind trust through a law firm in Delaware to loan him the money? And the mere fact that, what's his name, James Biden, or whatever his brother's name is, I really could care less, gets money from this business dealings in China with Hunter and that same time repays Joe Biden isn't that still a form of laundering money you know it might not be a payment it may not be a bribe it may not be anything like that but it kind of filtered the money to where it's it's coming from China to pay back Joe Biden and if you're ever in financial crimes, that's sort of how it works. You know, that's why a lot of 
bad entities, and I'm not going to go listing them because you'll say, oh, you're comparing drug dealers or this person to Joe Biden. No, I'm not. But bad entities, let's say that, be it the mob, be it drug dealers, be it cartels, be it anything, launder money through things like casinos, launder money through, you know, legitimate businesses, launder money through all the ways that do it. And now we have this recent $40,000 check. And again, this is from back in 2017. Joe Biden was a private citizen at that time. Where he's got a personal check from his brother to him for $40,000. And this is after Hunter's infamous shakedown of Chinese associates in August of 2017, where he said, I'm sitting here next to my father. Millions of dollars began flowing from the CCP-affiliated energy company to Hunter's joint business venture with China and Joe's brother. Then after a series of complicated financial transactions, these are all these LLCs and, and shell companies that are there. Tens of thousands of dollars landed in the personal bank account of James and Sarah Biden, his brother. And in September 2017, a month later, Sarah Biden cut Joe Biden a check for $40,000. And now they're even admitting it, the Republicans, the committee that's overseeing this, the RNC and everyone else, because I believe they're seeing their mistake, what they did with the $200,000. There was enough. Yeah, this just doesn't look right for a sitting president, for, for someone who's now a sitting president who said he had nothing to do with any financial entities, never got any money from financial entities. It was technically correct, maybe, but when your brother gets $200,000 and that same week he sends you a check for $200,000, it's kind of, yeah. But let's stick with that. Let's not leave those things out or exaggerate that a blind trust in Delaware managed by a lawyer loaned James Biden $200,000 three months earlier. And this check said loan repayment. But the money he got to repay that loan came from his business dealings in China. Joe Biden, uh, James Biden. So with this $40,000 check, they're saying even if the funds were in fact a loan repayment, the money would have never existed in the first place if not the Biden family's year-long effort to cash in on the family name and their dealings with the foreign entities. And that's what I think should be the focus. I mean, we have... Transcripts. We have the telephone calls of Hunter Biden saying, I am sitting here next to my father. Don't piss us off. And a wire transfer happens. So I, I would like it better if we just stick with the facts of, of what's happening here and look at it saying there's enough, all these LLCs and shell companies that were, were made up to get this money. That's just not how normal business is done. I mean, if, if you're going to loan money to your brother, it's not th done through a blind trust handled by a lawyer friend. And then to pay it back, it's simply a check from one brother to the other. Loan repayment, here's a check for $200,000. Well, how come it wasn't that the other way? And those are questions that, those are valid questions. And this was all at the same time that Joe Biden's buying a $2.3 million house in cash when he made what? $180,000 a year? For how many years? There's enough questions there. And then you have this now where Biden says he's going to veto the GOP standalone Israel funding bill. And this is where I think 
the House leadership, the new House leadership, needs to stand their ground. Now, mind you, this is all going on, and we're 16 days away from a government shutdown. These bills should be standalone. There should not be tying Israel funding to Ukraine funding. There is no reason for that, except to kind of sneak in things here and there. Other things could be negotiated where they're saying, well, let's offset the funding for Israel from the IRS agents, the increase in their budget. I mean, the money, money should come from somewhere. There is no unlimited money tree. Where you want to give X amount of dollars to Israel or Ukraine, where is it coming from? That's a valid question. It's a valid stance. But front and center, these bills should be individual. They should be separate. Instead, they want to encompass these omni-spending bills with a whole bunch of stuff that has nothing to do with anything. And we'll see. And we're going to talk a little bit more about the nearsighted, or I'm not nearsighted, the forgetful memory of a lot of Democrats, especially when it comes to the new House Speaker. We talked about it, we touched a little bit on it yesterday, where the biggest thing they have is, uh, I mean, no matter if there were news agencies this weekend, this past week, that likened the new Speaker of the House to is Iranian extremists as far as their, as far as the, uh, his, his faith goes, which is just ridiculous. But the, the big thing is people on shows all across America, on mainstream TV, on radio stations right here in Northeast Pennsylvania shows, saying that he's an election denier. And that's their big insult to him. But we're going to go through some facts on that and touch base on some maybe things people forgot that happened throughout recent history because it doesn't suit their agenda. It doesn't suit their insults now. We're going to get to that. Uh, where am I thinking about that? The... Uh, Five o'clock hour, I think we'll talk about that. That'll be enough time to talk about that. It's uh, 421 here at WILK. It's time for traffic and weather. Hello, thanks, Rob. This traffic update is brought to you by Pentella Data Internet. We have no reports of any accidents. Just a little bit of slowing. 81 southbound at Pittston. It is bumper to bumper on North Blakely Street in Dunmore. And we are seeing some delays <laughs> on... Main Avenue in Scranton. Whenever you see a traffic problem, call our jam line 570-883-7269. Nikki Stone, WILK Traffic. Thank you, Nikki. Here's the Storm Tracker 16 forecast from Chief Meteorologist Kurt Aaron. Today, some mixing snow showers early and then clouds and sun, high 43. Tonight, clear low 27 hasn't been that cold since march 31st tomorrow more sun than clouds high 48 26 in the overnight another cold night friday partly sunny high 53 dry weekend remember those uh clocks fall back saturday night into sunday or or really early sunday morning saturday and sunday are going to be 60 with sun and clouds and then the cold returns next week so uh Make sure you get your weekend on. 60s and sunny does sounds pretty good. It's 422 here at WILK. It's now 43 degrees and mostly cloudy. Your official weather station, WILK. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It is 427, 43 degrees outside. 
forgot to mention, uh, with yesterday being Halloween, I saw a picture of my son and daughter-in-law. It was their first their first home. They live in Virginia Beach. You know, he's active duty military fighting, flying our F-18s down there. But they had their first Halloweeners, their first home, their first trick-or-treaters, really, for their first home that they own. And uh, their costumes were outstanding. I saw it on the way home. I didn't see it until I was on my way home yesterday after the show. And um, she was dressed in black, and she had a, she made a cardboard oven to cover her belly. She is five months pregnant. And the oven door was open, and my son was wearing a chef's hat and apron, so he was the chef. So she had a bun in the oven. He was the chef. And that was their costumes to greet there. And I thought it was uh, pretty funny. If you follow me on social media, Rob O'Donnell on Facebook, you saw, you could see the picture there or you saw the picture there. But I, I thought it was, uh, you know, and showed a lot of ingenuity and uh, was funny when I saw it. It was, it was good to see. It's going to be fun being a grandparent come uh, end of March, early April. We'll see what's going on there. Well, we were talking about the hearings they were having at Capitol Hill yesterday with pretty much everybody. The, the Secretary of Defense, the FBI director, the Secretary of Homeland Security all had there. But there was one in particular. And, and mind you, and I'm going to tell you this as someone who's been directly involved with four terror attacks on our country. We are at the most severe risk that we've been in since 9-11. It's not to scare you. It's not to create hyperboil or anything like that. It's just the facts. We have an unsecure southern border. There are a lot of people out there that would love to strike and kill Americans. They are quite possibly, if not most definitely, here. Bad things are going to happen, and I don't think we're ready. I don't think this administration's happy. I don't think there's a lot of things here that's going to happen. I'm just looking at, uh, I'm watching Fox News right now, and if you're in front of a TV, Commander Kirk Leopold, the former USS Cole commander, is being interviewed now on Fox News. I will have him here Friday at 4 o'clock. He will be with the Rob O'Donnell Show talking about the very same things. He's talking about the 28 attacks by Iranian proxies on U.S. forces. He's going to talk about what happened with the USS Cole, probably the one, of, one of the most greatest damage control efforts in the naval history modern history anyway, but Commander Kirk Leopold, the skipper for the former U.S. skipper of the USS Cole, now retired, uh, is on Fox News right now talking about what's going on with the carrier battle groups, and uh, the only reason I'm bringing it up is because he's going to be with us Friday at 4 o'clock, so it's great to see him on Fox News now, and he'll be here with the Rob O'Donnell Show for you guys in Northeast Pennsylvania, wherever you listen on the Odyssey app, to talk about the very same things. It's the kind of show I try to bring you guys, kind of guests I try and bring you guys. Now back to uh, Director Christopher Wray of the FBI, who went silent. He was asked a very simple question and had to go silent. Is the United States safer from foreign terror threats today? Are we safer than when Joe Biden to, uh, are we safer than when Joe Biden took office? From the day he took office, Senator Rick Scott of Florida asked, Ray during a Senate Homeland Security Committee hearing, are we safer from tar foreign terrorists today? Are we safer in the Joe Biden administration since he took office? Director Ray took an extended pause, sitting silently 
appearing to be deep in thought before finally answering after several minutes. His answer was a non-answer. What I would say to you is that the terror threats have elevated. But I also think there are a lot of things in this country this country has done throughout law enforcement to be better prepared to deal with them, he said. Not directly saying if the country has become safer under the Biden watch. Two things there. His answer at first, what I would say to you is that the terror threats have elevated. Director of the FBI saying this. But I think there are a lot of things the country has done throughout law enforcement to be better prepared to deal with them. Of course we have, because we've dealt with them before. 9-11 for one, world's largest crime scene. It's concerning, the answer. But the fact he could not unequivocally say that we are safe for now, I think we know we're not. Look at the southern border. It's 4.32 here at WILK. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show after the news with Paul Michaels. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It is 4.37, 42 degrees and mostly cloudy. It's the point of the show where we honor our heroes across America who made the ultimate sacrifice. 77 police officers made the ultimate sacrifice on this day, five of which are from right here in Pennsylvania. We're going to start off with police officer Charles Edward Cassidy. Philadelphia Police Department in 2005 succumbed to a gunshot wound sustained the previous day when he uh, walked into a robbery in progress. Next, we have police officer David Elderby, Philadelphia Police Department. In 1968, was shot and killed in a garage of 14th Street. Patrolman Ralph P. Gentile, Pittsburgh Bureau of Police, in 1928, was uh, killed when his motorcycle struck a sandpipe Cape May Avenue. Police officer Elijah A. Brewer, Philadelphia Police Department in 1904, died after he suffered a ruptured blood vessel moments after he and his partner lifted an ill woman. Constable James Cochran, Pennsylvania State Constable, Philadelphia County in 1850. He succumbed to injuries sustained two days earlier when he was kicked by a prisoner near the intersection of Vine Street and 13th Street in Philadelphia while executing a warrant. And those are our five from here in Pennsylvania. Got some text messages. You can call or text at 570-883-0098. He said it was uh, snowing in Newton. Derek from Clark Summit sent that in. So be careful outside, especially as the sun goes down earlier and earlier. It's going to be real early after Sunday, Saturday night into Sunday. But, you know, with these little squalls and such like that, with the roads cold, you don't want to be catch some ice. I know it's been a couple months. Well, March, March of last year was the last time it was this cold. So we will... uh, Be careful out there. That's pretty much uh, what we're going to say today. And as we have Nikki come in for the traffic, uh, snow squalling in Newton. Oh, as a te- Derek from Clark Summit just texted that in. So no, here, here's the deal. Shh. 
No. We don't say snow. It's okay. No, it's not. I can't take it anymore already. I know it's Northeast PA, and that's where we get snow here. I get it. I've lived here all this of my life. This is late. This is late. For, you know, I've, you know, you get your memories on Facebook or something like that. You know, we've had snow September, October. Not uh, in September. Are you nuts? Oh, uh, we've had it. No, we have never we had have, snow in people September. People, let me know. We know you. We have snow in September. Only if you live in Freeland or Montrose. Well, I live up in the northern tier, so. Yeah, but so do I. Yeah, well, I've had snow in September. My memory said so, so it must be true. It's on the internet. Okay, whatever you say, Rob. With that being said, it's 441 here. It's time for traffic and weather. <laughs> this traffic update brought to you by Penteladata Internet. We have no reports of any major backups, no delays, no accidents at the moment. Whenever you see a traffic problem, call our jam line, 570-883-7269. Nikki Stone, W-I-L-K Traffic. Thank you, Nikki. Here's the Storm Tracker 16 forecast from Chief Meteorologist Kurt Aaron. Tonight, mostly clear and cool, low 27. Freeze watch, record lows 25. Could come close to that. Everything was frozen up at my house this morning. Thursday, mostly sunny but chilly, high 49. Friday, mix of sun and clouds, high 56. Saturday, mix of sun and clouds, high 60. Saturday, mix of sun and clouds, high 60 again. Remember, those clocks turn back Saturday night into Sunday, so make sure you check it off or you're going to be late for everything. Early, one or the other. I don't know. It's uh, currently 42 degrees outside at 441 here at your official weather station, WILK. WILK News Radio, driven by Sherwood Chevrolet, Buick, GMC, and Tunkanic. Check out Sherwood Chevrolet online at SherwoodChevrolet.com. The Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins are home for a pair of big contests this weekend. The Pens welcome the Hershey Bears on Friday at 7.05 p.m. It's the team's first Eyewitness News Fan Friday of the season, featuring $2 domestic drafts from 6 till 7.30, courtesy of the PA Prostate Cancer Coalition, and a post-game autograph session featuring a pair of Penguins players. Then the Pens are home to face the Bellevue Senators in their lone visit to NEPA this year. Tickets for both games are available online at wbspenguins.com, by phone at 570-208-7367, or at the Mohegan Sun box office. Go Pens! You're with the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It's 446 here in Northeast Pennsylvania, 42 degrees and mostly cloudy from what I'm getting here. Well, it looks like New York City is offering to buy one-way tickets for its migrants, the illegal migrants that are in New York City. You know, the same, the very same thing that Mayor Eric Adams was complaining about, you know, the Florida and Texas shipping migrants there. And, and by the way, the majority of illegal migrants in New York, the state of New York as a whole, were brought there by the federal government, not by the state of Texas, not by the state of California, not the state of Florida, or anywhere else. The federal government, the overwhelming majority of the illegal migrants in New York have been shipped there, courtesy of the federal government. Well, now, migrants, illegal migrants, arriving in New York City are being offered free one-way plane tickets to other destinations. As the city grapples with an ongoing influx of thousands of asylum seekers, Mayor Adams has set up a reticketing center for migrants that will provide them with tickets to anywhere in the world, according to a spokesperson. 
The administration says the move is necessary to drive down the number of migrants under the city's care and to make room for new arrivals. Here, the city will redouble efforts to purchase tickets for illegal migrants to help them take the next step in their journeys and to help us triage operations at the Roosevelt for new arrivals, the spokesperson said, referring to the iconic Manhattan Hotel that was converted to an illegal migrant processing center. So far, migrants have flown from New York City to destinations as far away as Colombia and Morocco under the reticketing plan. The move comes as New York grapples with the more than 130,000 illegal migrants who've arrived over the past year amid a surge of immigration along the U.S.-Mexican border. The Big Apple is caring for more than 64,000 migrants in 200 emergency shelters and hotels and large encampments. The Adams administration says it costs about $394 a night to house and feed a migrant family, which has increased over the past year. So far, more than $140 million in federal funds has been sent to New York City to support migrants. But the Adams administration says it's not enough to cover the cost. He has projected costs rise to $12 billion in the coming years and would destroy New York City in the process. It's coming from the mayor. Interesting how that works there. And if you don't think they're going to be start sending here... Thankfully, there's no direct flights from LaGuardia or Kennedy Airport. But Newark does have direct flights to here. I've warned you, and I'm telling you, it's going to start happening. Thankfully, that uh, rail service is not anytime soon as well. Or else I guarantee you they'd be putting them on trains. But there is bus service to our area here. And what happens then? You know, we're talking about our school's infrastructure. Because that, that's where the, the, the majority of the immediate damage would be felt with our school districts. Our school districts, you know, are at their breaking points now as far as infrastructure, as far as teachers, as far as their budgets, as far as everything. You know, we've already had a processing center acquired due to funding from Senator Bob Casey right here in downtown Scranton. So the infrastructure is in place for it, but what happens then? I mean, think of your your school, your local school district. Could they handle five, four, ten ESL students into their funding then you look at the housing which is already at a breaking point here it's already not meeting demand but when you have mayors like the mayor of new york city paying for one-way tickets to anywhere in the world think about what they're spending on that and think about what they must be saving just to move them on ticket anywhere in the world like they said, for a family, $364 a night, 300 and something dollars a night, $394 a night to house and feed a family. So it's going to be interesting to how 
the people here who seem accepting, oh, we need to be more understanding of these illegal migration. It's legal because they're asylum seekers now. No, they just changed the box they check. The majority of people who seek asylum are not granted asylum, but yet we're giving dates out for four, five, six, up to seven years in advance. Lose track of them. They know what they're doing. This is all created. We had the safest border in our lifetime under the past administration. Like them or not. I mean, you could utterly hate them, but it doesn't negate the fact that a very large part of our tax dollars are going to this created problem from this administration. It was under control. It was the perfect time to do immigration reform. Securing our border has to be the first priority in that, and then we can work on it. And and you have politicians like an AOC saying our immigration system is broken, that we need to more pathways for legal immigration. Well, those pathways do exist. It's just you're flooding the system with illegal migrants. That's totally collapsed the legal system. You secure the border, you could fix those systems. But now that you're stretching every municipality that's dealing with this to its limits, how are you supposed to fix the problem to begin with? Again, without securing the, the, the border, and, and we've heard time and time again, and you know, I know my Navy or Coast Guard people out there, the first thing you do is plug the leak. Then you could fix the ship. Then you could get the pro- uh, proper policies and procedures in place on how you navigate the ship. That's how it works. It's uh, 4.53 here at WILK. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show in just a minute. You're with the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It's four, almost 4.56 here in the studio, 42 degrees. I just got a text message from my neighbor saying it's light snow flurries up at my house. Not looking forward to that. Hopefully it's done by the time I get home. But be careful out there. Let's go to the phones now. We have uh, Wayne from Einan on the border. Wayne. Rob, how are you doing this afternoon? Sound well? Not bad, not bad, my friend. <laughs> Good. Here's here's my thought on the border, and uh, why Christopher Ray couldn't really give an answer, okay, is because if you if you were one of the people coming across the border and you knew you could walk right up to a, a border guard and get in, okay, why would you try to get away from the border guards? Why would you be like one of these the people that just disappeared? Okay, that's what I'm saying. You knew you were going to get in the country. Why would you be a person that was a gataway? Okay, and we got how many? About a hundred thousand of them, or something like that. Yeah, I, the gataways. That that's that's the estimate they know because they took down the surveillance balloons that could have had a better take of them. And the people doing that are the ones that are on certain lists or may want to do us harm and don't want us to know Correct. they're here. Correct. That's the reason he couldn't give an answer because he knows they're already here. There's no reason for them to have done that, okay, if they weren't on some kind of terrorist list or whatever. They could have walked right up to a border guard and got in. They didn't have to try to be a gotaway. You know, there's, there's, there's no reason for it. That's my that's my feeling about it. Okay? Well, it is, and if you look at the, uh, they're where they're coming no from, good reason. if you look at right? where they're coming from, it, it just raises yes. more speculation. Are they here to do us harm? Yes. Yeah, yeah they're I know they're here to. I know some of them are here to do us harm. There's no doubt about that, in, in my mind. Somewhere down the line, we're going to have something catastrophic happen. I hope not. 
I believe we are somewhere down the line. Well, I don't think okay, it's down uh, the line, my friend. I don't think it's down the line at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? I, I just hope it's not really bad, but it's going to happen. And I think it's going to happen in multiple cities at the same time, my opinion. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you checking in, Wayne. Thanks for calling. Okay, you take care, Rev. Have a good day. Have you, a good evening. You too. Stay warm. <laughs> I'll, I'll try. Thank you. Let's go to the phones again. We have uh, Jay from Wyoming on immigration. Jay. Yeah, hi, Rob. Nice to talk to you. Hey, I was on the way home, and I had what I call maybe an epiphany. And I hope I'm not repetitious, but I want to put things in perspective. My grandfather was old enough to see the United States of America see the first man take flight and live long enough to see the United States of America put a man on the moon. I am old enough to see a first man put on the moon and then now see the barbarians at the gate. That's how quick things could happen in a country. And I don't know what's going on. I don't know if you understand my meaning. I don't know if, you, if that if you. No, no, I, I, I hear you. exactly what you're saying, and, and I, I think we're at perilous times right now with this generation, with what's going on in America now. Like I, I say here all the time, our next war, I, I think you're going to have half of America blaming uh, ourselves. You know, anything that we get involved with, you, you just see what's happening in the cities now. The kids don't understand this. Khrushchev in Russia and the Soviet Union said, we don't need to fight America, it will die within. Then they don't know history. They don't know the, the culture. They don't. Understand. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on. We've lost and a it, generation of service. There is no mentality of service. And I'm not just talking military service. I'm talking community service, serving your neighbors, serving your families, serving your spouses, <laughs> serving your families. Uh, they've just lost that. It's everyone's me, me, me. What do I get? What do I get? Well, Jay, Jay I I'm up a- against a hard break at 5 o'clock, but I appreciate you checking in. Call back again. 